old Craig. <laughs> old Craig. Well, good evening. Happy Thursday, race fans of the internet. Welcome back to the Talking Dirt podcast here where Matt and I are standing by to deliver another episode of the podcast that's by the racers for the race fan here at wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome in here, episode number 20 of the show finally. I, I, man, I can't believe we've been doing this for, for 20 weeks already, but providing the racer's perspective once again here tonight, joining me for this episode, the co-host of the Talking Dirt podcast, uh, Big Papa, Matt Pridgen. Matt, great to see you once again. Uh, how are you doing this week, man? It's uh, I kind of delayed our recording here, but uh, we're about to get into some cool stuff. Oh, yes. Uh, all about season night. Cool and controversy. <laughs> cool and I like that. Oh, man, that's going to be the new motto of uh, the podcast. We're, we're cool, calm, and controversial. That's what we're, uh, we're going to get into Triple here C. tonight. Triple C, baby. You know how LeVar Ball had, had Triple B, the big ball of brand. We the Triple C's around here. We cool, calm, and we controversial. But uh, Triple C on the TD pod. That's right, baby. Triple C on the TD pod. Or and, the TDP. Uh, the <laughs> Triple C on the TDP. Oh, man. That's funny, <laughs> bro. But no, man, we got we got some stuff to talk about uh, this evening. Uh, the Of course, we're going to talk about uh, Sumter Speedway's final points race. Uh, Southeastern, Mideastern mods in the house. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the weekend that was over at Lakeview with the Steel Block uh, Bandits. Um, a couple of the tracks raced. I know uh, Lancaster was in action uh, for a, uh, it was one of their memorial shows, um, and they had a little bit of uh, an incident take place. A, the first shooting that I've ever heard of at any dirt track in South Carolina uh, took place at Lancaster uh, this past Saturday night. Uh, right before the final race of the night as well. Um, I believe it was a, it, it was, it wasn't a target. Well, it was a target attack on one person. It was a, it was a one-on-one -on -one thing. It, it was guys that obviously had some history. Um, so it wasn't like a, a, a crowd shooting a mess, whatever. Um, but yeah, t a terrible, terrible thing that happened up at Lancaster. And, and that kind of, you know, raises my eyebrow, obviously being a, a, a as small of a part as I am, but still being a part of the, the racing industry and, you know, helping run a racetrack and all this, I'm, you know, I'm really worried, but I'm really hoping that this doesn't, um, this doesn't cause us or any other tracks in the state, uh, any problems going forward, whether it be, you know, uh, local governments trying to mandate security restrictions, uh, that kind of stuff is, is what I'm, I'm worried about at, at this very moment. Um, do I really think that anything's gonna happen? No, because I mean, Matt, you can really attest to this. A racetrack, whenever I'm at Sumter or any other track, that's it. I usually, if not always, feel you know exceptionally safe at any racetrack I'm at. I mean, do you share that that point there? I mean, yeah, I, I, I from my understanding, that incident had. Absolutely nothing to do with racing. No, no, it, so, it didn't. It was. Uh, I mean, that could have happened at Walmart, Food Line, Piggly Wiggly, whatever. I mean, so I don't, I don't think any sort of, you know, government officials will try to do anything to racetracks about I, I know, really security issues. I, I highly doubt it. If they do, then eh, I don't know. 
I, I really do because I, I cannot uh, think of one time in my life that I've been at the racetrack and, and you know, felt unsafe. It, it's usually one of the safest places that you can be. Obviously, we do have security, but uh, even getting around that, the, the people that are there, you know, usually nine times out of ten will have your back against any threat that would arise in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's usually the safest place in my personal life, which is why I'm saying that although, you know, I feel I feel so bad for, for especially the, the young man that was involved, um, I feel so bad for, for Michael and, and Shannon and everybody who runs Lancaster that it, that it happened there. Um, but I, I think that there's going to be a, a tremendous comeback from, from this. Uh, I think that, you know, we're all going to be all right. Uh, they're going to be all right. They're going to continue racing. Uh, and, um, and hopefully they, they come up with a nice way to honor that young man because it was such a, such an unfortunate, uh, event there. And, um, yeah, they, I just wanted to kick off the, the program with that. Cause I know that that was kind of one of the big topics that a lot of people would, uh, would want us to talk about if we if we talked about anything but uh yeah i, th- I think that's it for the uh, the sad stuff on this episode so we'll move on from that one to to another thing that i'm i'm seeing a lot right now and uh that's still being some you know some facebook hate towards racetrack you saw it again matt i and i know that i know that lakeview hasn't been in the best shape but those guys that work on that track are trying their absolute hardest and I just really hate to see these people, you know, not cut them any slack. They're working with an entirely brand new track surface over there, man. It, I mean, I know you were there last weekend. So, was, A, was the track really as bad as people said it was? And, B, you know, why are these people dogging them so hard about this right now? Uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it has been in the past, like the Obviously, the the last time I was there, it it was probably the worst I've ever seen that track. But the their first race back from their break, it, the track was pretty decent. had had a couple small little ruts. Um, it was pretty sandy, but you know, for the most part, smooth. And then right. this past weekend, it it wasn't really ruts. It was kind of just. Like, I don't know. It was kind of like wavy. I don't know how to explain right. it. It was, it, now, it was now, like cornfieldy a little bit. Yeah. Now there was there was a, a, a small rut in between three and four and one and two that I saw Christian Thomas hit it, and uh, the, the eleven uh, right Cody Wright yeah, Cody is that right. his name, and he um they they hit it in turn two and it just it shot them to the top of the track, but. You know, for the most part, I thought it was raceable. Um, for some reason, I guess because of the waviness, uh, the the late models look to be a little darty going down the front straightaway going into turn oh. one. But you know, they're 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 figuring out the new clay. You just got to give them a little time. I know they they spoiled they spoiled them a few weeks ago when they gave them that good track, but. You know, they just got to get it together and figure out what they did that night and right. carry it over to pretty much every night. Right. And, um, I mean, it, my hat's off to uh, to all the people that are on that, that track team. I know uh, Derek Kemper helps out with that and 
and Timmy's a big part of it. So my hat's off to them for, you know, undertaking in a, a change like that mid-season, first off, is, is unheard of. So they're doing the best of what they can. But, I mean, guys, we, we just, you know, you, this kind of stuff really has effects on, you know, people that are wanting to visit these tracks for the first time. If all they're seeing on Facebook or Twitter or whatever is you saying how dog water the track is, they're not going to show up and watch races. And and that's what people don't understand about, you know, when about publicly shaming or bashing a track or whatever on the on these Facebooks and whatnot is, you know, we're trying to run a business here and you're supposed to be supporting that business because you show up and race every week and you want new fans to come sit in those grandstands and watch you race. So why in the world are you saying stuff on a public forum that could have an effect and end up deterring a new race fan from coming and watching you race? You see what I'm right. saying? So, so I, oh, I completely understand because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I had this same opinion about Chris Ferguson's post right. on Facebook about Ke uh, the Kelly guy. And, and I saw where Dirt Car was promoting for the uh, big race they got coming up in Charlotte. Right. And I went on there and, in the comment section, which I will say the picture had uh, Sumter native uh, Justin Mintz on it, which I, th I thought was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, man. And um, anyways, I went and looked at the comments and someone commented. I, I sent you the screenshot. And you never replied to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, the guy said um, something about, well, I guess I won't be racing there, uh, blah, blah, blah. Something about Kelly Carlton uh, for the reasons of, of, or for the reason of how they did Chris Ferguson. And I hope all the Fergie fans see this. And I'm like, yeah, if, if you, there's one thing, you know, about being a fan. I, I don't know. I, I ain't. I was going to go a little far, but I ain't going to go that far. So, uh, I mean, you, so I, I basically if, if, if Chris Ferguson decides to jump off a bridge, you going to jump off a bridge too. It, I mean, it's kind of, yeah. kind of my point. I, I see your point. And I, I mean, I tend to agree, uh, that it's, it's the same as, is in, it's still, like I said, a couple weeks ago, it's the same as in, you know, pop culture. It's a cult mentality. And people are following well, Chris on his decision. That's and, that's what I was going with, but I, I wasn't going, you know, go that deep into it. But yeah, which, it, it's mean, not I, a cult. He he's not a cult leader. He's you're a fan of his. There's there's a big difference. Well, no, but I mean, it, but that's generally what it's called. It's a cult mentality. Yeah. You know, one person says this, so hey, I'm a fan of this person. I'm going to take it as long. They do exactly. Now, I don't, especially since what you're talking about was. SCDRA related, I don't believe that that should be held against Kelly in that respect at all. Um, well, I don't yeah. think. It, anyways, we we've 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 beaten this horse a few times. Oh, already, yeah, we've but. beaten this horse, took it out for water, brought it back, beat it again. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll move on from the the Ferguson situation, and I mean, there's. But yeah, there's I, I do that, understand it. It deters people from wanting to go there, and you know. My thing is, I, I can't give my opinion on it if I don't have any experience with it. Right. If I personally don't have experience there, I'm not going to give my opinion on it. I mean, 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I totally understand. But um, I mean, I mean don't get me wrong. I have my opinion on tracks I've never been to. Um, you know, some good, some bad. But that's forged from watching those tracks, and right. and you're not going to share a bad opinion. You know, just right. just to just to spite I'm gonna keep the bad opinions to myself. Right. Ex- exactly. Or and at least off the internet, like I. That I know I've told you about <clears throat> a couple of tracks that I I just didn't like mm-hmm. back in the day, and but I'm not gonna go on Facebook and post about it. And even you know problems that you you have had with a certain series, you kept it off of a public forum. You private messaged the person who runs it, and they resolved the situation. That's no, the best I, way to handle this. That was kind. I I didn't. I kind of you know did it in person because it, it oh, happened. Well, same thing. I went and talked to him right after the race. Same same thing. What I'm saying is you kept it off of a public yeah. forum and you know didn't try stuff to make like that, a huge deal about it. Stuff like that needs to be private. Right, right. And and that's, you know, my point exactly as well. If you've got, you know, a a, a gripe to take out with, with somebody from a racetrack, don't do it on a public forum and deter potential race fans from coming and watching you race or or you know help grow this business because at the end of the day, that's that's my number one message is that racing needs to be uh, grown once again because we've seen a steady decline since, you know, the late 90s. And uh, hopefully, as we transition to another topic here, hopefully um, that growth will start happening soon because obviously around here you've got the, the possible emergence of a, a new track over in Orangeburg. Um, which I hope that that one is is finished and ready to go by next year. I haven't heard any uh, any updates from the people that are undertaking in it right now. Um, and then I just saw the other day where a fellow was uh, contemplating uh, buying a big uh, plot of land that uh, included mm-hmm. uh, the old silver drag strip, and he was talking about opening up a a dirt track as well. And you know that kind of put the thought back into my head. Man, this could be just like the 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 good old days from before I really got into racing, you know, if if Orangeburg would have run on a Friday night schedule, you know, we could run on Saturday, and this other guy could open up uh, his track over in Manning on on Sundays. How perfect of a world would that be? Now, obviously, a lot of people, for some reason, racetracks don't like to work with each other anymore. I don't know whatever happened there. So you've got you know twenty different tracks running on a Saturday, but I mean, if if we could somehow get you know multiple tracks on board to run you know friday saturday sunday like this racing would would boom like it did back in the you know 80s 90s and even beforehand i remember there was a track that made you mad because they were promoting a specific class that y'all had a a big race for that night yeah yeah and that was a couple of a couple of months ago now, and you know it's it, that that kind of ties into what I'm saying here. If it, you know if if we could all you have like a get all the track promoters in a group chat and, and you know settle out their differences and you know plan out. All right, you're doing this this night, so we're gonna do this and this other track. Y'all can have this for this night. And this right. one of my one of my grand ideas that that I have right now that I kind of want to talk to a couple people and and try and make happen is you know as simple as start like a uh get like three tracks together and start like an in-state street stock series you know how like mississippi they have the mississippi street stock challenge 
that that they travel from week to week. You know, one track yeah. will run street stocks this week, the other couple tracks will take it off and let all their Kinda street stocks like go to this one track. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, if I could say in a it, just just fantasizing here, if I could get you know Lakeview on board and this Orangeburg track, if they were to open up, you know, we do like take the full season from April until you know uh, November, October, whenever, and you have like one of those tracks each month has has this street stock race for for this said series and you put up a nice purse for it the other two tracks they don't run street stocks that night right right and then it transitions to the next track the next month the other two tracks stay away from street stocks run everything else but let all these street stocks go travel and race and i think that that would be a a great way for tracks to work together be a great way for drivers to experience new tracks that have never you know traveled and see again back to the race fans it gives them you know a better opportunity to see more drivers come into their track and and put on uh extremely good shows and with the the street stock drivers i'm just i'm just saying street stock here you can right. do this with, you can do this with any class but but just saying with like street stock drivers we have some of the best in the country right here in the carolinas 100 percent. i mean you even look at the the guys that are local to sumter i'm going to talk about this later too because the guys that are local to sumter are kicking tail right now wherever they go so hold yeah. on before you go on even further Okay. Because see, you do this thing where you talk, you don't have any <laughs> breaks in between, and I can't cut in with my right, 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 right. Anyway, right. so so basically, what I what I you said, kind of like have a, a a state point series, so you have like yeah. like a state champion. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like like so, obviously Willie Milligan and you know some of them other guys come down from North Carolina. They can come down and still participate in races. But you can only get South Carolina State Series points if you're a South Carolina native, maybe. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I, or, I like, or, I like that or idea. come let them, or come let them run in the series. I don't know. I, I like that too. I like both of the ideas there. I was kind of yeah, leaning more towards your 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 classes that don't really have series to follow like that, like your your street stocks and your thunder bombers. Um, I mean, many stocks they have a big series, but. You have a lot of local guys and, and what well, I mean, really- a lot of the classes, like especially the ones just about all the ones that, that Sumter runs have big series. Besides uh Super Street. Besides besides yeah. Super Street are y'all's, y'all's Super or Street. Really- yeah, y'all's Super Street rules is a little bit different from there's there's two big uh Super Street series right now. All right, I'll be I'll be honest with you here, Matt. Di- our Super Street rules, rules are so outdated. Yeah, our they, Super Street rules are so outdated. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of hoping it, that just change it from uh street uh Super Street to Street Stock One and Street Stock Two. Exactly. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping they do something with that class because uh, if they were to make yeah. it like a, a revolving class and you know bring in what's that series that just started up? Was it Punisher? Was it? My Punisher. buddy Brad Page. Okay, yeah, the Punisher uh, series. Brad's been one of my. Brad's been a good friend of mine for for a very long time. Well, they they had one last year. It was uh, what Carolina Outlaws. What happened to yeah. them? Are they just they, not running anymore. They they're still going. Punisher, uh, the Punisher series actually is racing at Lakeview this weekend. Oh, and they have but, a pretty uh, good. But yeah, doing some nice Carol- I think it was Carolina Outlaw Super Street Series. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're still going. They just don't run every week. 
And then Lakeview doesn't have a weekly super street class anymore. So nope. those guys don't get the chance to run that often. I hate it, but, but yeah. I mean, it, it it is what it is. I mean, something runs them all the time, but I wish that we would, you know, modify the rule set so that we can have a bit of a gap between the cars. Because, yeah, get, I mean, and, as and fun get, as it is. And get the Carolina Outlaw Super Street and, and Punisher Series to come there. I think I think that would be some good racing. It absolutely would, but... But yeah, the thing is, like you said, it's basically street stock A and street stock B right now, which I mean, for the drivers is a great thing because they can go out and, you know, and run get more seat classes, time. get more seat time at A and B, win more money. You right. know, it's, but, it's, it's a big thing there, but at the same time, yeah, these, the, are, are the fans really wanting to see the same driver twice in one night or, you know, is, are the guys that have a super street car wanting to race against guys in street stocks. I mean, those are the kind of the questions you need to ask yourself there. Right. But I, more, did you have a point to add there? I mean, the only difference y'all have from, from what I've heard about the rules there, I, I haven't looked at them, but pretty much the only difference is carburetor. Well, carburetor, you got to add some weight and there's a couple of little minor things. Um, like very very minuscule things most most street stocks will check i believe there's a a slightly different cam rule and 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 some other stuff but uh yeah, I ain't gonna lie. a lot it, of guys run it well yeah i ain't gonna lie that it i was talking to somebody from sumter this past weekend at lakeview about it i was like yeah the 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 sumter super streets and 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 lakeview super streets are nowhere near the same no not even because i mean that the guys that run Super Street in uh, the Punisher and the Outlaw series, they uh, they're they're I don't know how many people know this, but they run in late model chassis with yeah. stock vehicle front clips, typically a Camaro, I think. Right. Yeah. So I mean, in one series you can run uh, the three link suspension in the rear. Right, and I think in the Punisher series you have to run leaf spring suspension in the rear. Right. Speaking of uh, the the rear, um, I know you're talking about suspension, but something I just thought of this a little bit off of that topic. How about these speculations? I'm he I'm hearing talks of a uh, Crusa for their street stocks allowing quick change starting next year. Well, like quick change rear ends. I know it's it's good to have, but you know I've never ever seen a street stock class that would allow a quick change rear end and i'm not sure how i feel about it right now well they they need to change the name of that class to junior late models or uh street models street, street, mo models. Yeah, street models yeah late, that's uh, that's basically late, late what they are street. now late model street yeah. i mean yeah. you're you're not wrong they are extremely you know similar cost wise and all of course the makeup and parts and all completely different but they are they are starting to be similar cost wise. I mean, people are pe back in the day in your lower V eight classes. Like when I when I tell people I race Charger, they have no clue what I am talking about. Speaking of which, right. speaking of which, two yeah two days ago, eight eight years and two days ago, I got my first win in a car in the Charger class at Lakeview. Oh yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, well, they um ne ne never years and no days ago did I get a win. Uh, because... <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> anyways, we um 
I couldn't go. I couldn't go race anywhere else. I was strictly stuck to Lakeview. So, and it was the same for like Sumter, the the Sumter. I don't know what y'all called it, Pure Stock or whatever. Yeah. Um. Well, I was thinking something more like, more kind of similar to the Charger car. I I don't. I guess it could compare to y'all's the char- my charger car could compare to y'all's Super Street back in the day, except we could only run two barrel carburetors. Uh-huh. See what what we had is it was a Camaro chassis with an aftermarket body, so you could put like the late model style body on there. Yeah, and we ran old late model tires on ten inch wide steel wheels. Mm-hmm. So. I couldn't go race at Dublin because you couldn't have an aftermarket nose on there. And so I was pretty much stuck at Lakeview and same for, like right. I said, other people at their tracks. Now, but that was a good way class, to learn. Right. But now this class, which I, there, these cars are a lot faster than what, mm-hmm. what I had, but I still kind of put it on the same level as what I was on, on the chargers. You know, so there's they're starting to travel more. Everybody's starting to work together on rule books. Uh, you can go different places and race. And I can tell you, having to change the gears in that that rear end, it, it can it, it can get aggravating. Right. So what that'll uh, allow to happen? Yes, it'll probably be more money, but for those that can afford it. It'll make it easier for them to make adjustments and fine tune on their cars at the track because I don't know of anybody that's going to change the gear at the track in one of those cars. Right, uh, which I mean, it's probably a uh, a good thing in the long run because it takes so long to change a, a street stock gear that you know if if you miss it early, if you miss it during hot laps, then you're pretty much you know you're going right. to miss the gear for the rest of the night because are you really going to take that thirty minutes to change a gear? Um, which some people are, some people aren't. It depends on how big of a crew you have. Um, but really, I think it could be a a good thing. It also could be a bad thing. Uh, but but I think the good will outweigh and, the bad. And there's going to be people, you know, complaining about the cost effect. I know if I was a street stock driver, I would. I personally would. I ain't going to lie to you. You complain about it? I would complain about it because <laughs> I'm the type of person I'd. I don't want to spend every dollar I make on racing. I got to pay for other stuff too. You just complain a lot. Uh, complain, complain, complain. Anyways, <laughs> nag, nag, but, nag, um, nag, nag. But I Matthew mean, the nagger prison. I mean, that's just how that's just how the trends go in racing, though. Like we talked about the other week with Reed, like how right. front wheel drive started out a, a, a very budget friendly class, and now it's they're they're full blown race cars. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they uh, oh ho, ho, you just made a lot of front wheel drive racers mad. They have always been full blown race cars, Mister Pridgen. Well, I just I ask Cody it. McAllister. All right, all right. Now let me let me make Cody and all the other front wheel drive guys happy <laughs> right now. I have always thought if you can get, because let's be honest, they sound super annoying. They do. But if you can get past the sound, front wheel drives have always in my opinion, been some of the best races out of any given night. Yeah. Uh, I was was on the way back to our building 
today, obviously, if you guys don't know, I'm a, I'm a UPS driver. I was coming back, and some dude in like a old beater, like a 96 Nissan Sentra or something, pulled up beside me at a red light, and he had cut the cut the muffler off and all. And I, I just, you know, you heard that, like right beside me. And I was yeah. like, oh, a bang banger, you know? And it was, yeah. I, oh, that's the only thing I could think about was bang banger. And he just sat there and revved it until that light turned green, and he tried to take off, and it went about five mile an hour. <laughs> I thought it was the and, funniest dang thing. And if you go back to the episode where I was, you know, talking about my racing career and stuff, that mm-hmm. progression is also how I got into a late models. People were wanting to change the class. They were wanting to run fancier equipment and stuff. And right. we just didn't see the purpose in spending the extra money to do that when we could go, you know, trade our car for an even Steven late model or trade it even Steven for a race ready late model. Right. And go out there, don't necessarily have to win and I can make more money. I mean, yeah. And I understand that. And obviously, uh, you got a you got a track championship you credit already too. That has not transferred over to today. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm spending way, <laughs> way more money than I was back then. <laughs> but and and I hated to see it because I really liked that class. And to be honest with you, this was back when car counts was hurting back back at Lakeview, and you know most of your classes didn't even have ten cars. But this class, the Charger class, we would have literally, because this is when Lakeview raced every single weekend, every weekend we'd have at least 15 cars. Bad at all. So, I mean, you know, and I thought it was stupid because they wanted to go and change up the rules for their best class. Because everybody was saying, it was funny because everybody was talking about rules. Well, everybody's running screw jacks. Everybody's running this. Everybody's running that. And we're brake adjusters, this, that, and other. And I'm like, I'm sitting over there. I'm like, I'm not running any of that. My car is strictly <laughs> to the rule book. And I, you know. It's like, what else could I be doing? Yeah, like. Matt, you ain't, hey, Bo. If, oh, man. Oh, yeah. You ain't, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And if. The person in front of you isn't cheating. You still ain't trying hard enough. Well, see, here's the thing. To me, cheating ain't fun. If you got my my saying is, is that is part of the fun. If you got to cheat, why do it? I I find more enjoyment out of finding, you know, adjustments on the car I can make within the rule book. You know, I'm not saying don't explore gray areas. There's still to say. There's still a couple of gray areas that I found that I didn't get the chance to try this year. Wah, wah, wah. No, but, I mean, that's the thing. You, you play with the gray areas, and it adds it adds fun and, and speculation and, and right. you know, and, and when worry you whenever you get that text shit. When you blatantly break the rules, it's like, mm-hmm. why? Like, if you prep your tires or, you know, stuff like that, I I, I don't get why you have to do that. that's that's just not me i mean it's never been me or the people i hang around with either but i mean some people i i really haven't seen you know many people prepping tires recently though that's kind of been a good thing that's fallen by the wayside 
use that as an example. Yeah, it fell to the wayside. Do you not see how expensive tires are this year? People are mm-hmm. not going to be wasting those. No, God, no, man. Oh, my God. And Even the big teams. Still growing. It, the prices are still going, man. It's, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And another thing that I saw, speaking of the, like, uh, the rising cost of everything, you remember that uh, the Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series that was running for the past couple of years in the winter? Yeah. Not running this year. No, I like that series because they came. And I, I believe I'm breaking this news. I don't think it's been posted uh, publicly anywhere. So uh, I might be breaking this you news. You heard for the it first here time. first. Heard it here first on the Talking Dirt podcast. Um, we get actually, you the exclusive stuff. <laughs> I actually saw where a, a track and and people that I know posted about like them not them canceling because they're not running the series uh, or race they're supposed to do later in the year. Um, but yeah, driving the extreme dirt car series not gonna run uh, this winter, unfortunately. So yeah, that was just another uh, big, huge piece of news that I saw uh, yeah. today, Matt. But uh, we're already about thirty-five minutes into this episode, so why don't we, before we talk about our uh, big, right, right, hold big on, spot hold on. before of we this move event, on, what what you got? Before we move on, because I, I we get, we got off on that long tangent, and I never got to <laughs> okay explain this. So. People bashing Lakeview. It it may oh, be it may be rough right now, but it's rough and it's providing some great racing. I was watching this right. past Saturday night, two wide, three wide, the entire race. It, well, once they get it smoothed out, just imagine how good the racing is going to be. Well, no, that's a, that's another thing I like about tracks with character. Like, uh, not too much, of course, but you you add in a whole uh uh a divot or two or, you know, make it a little wavy or whatnot. And you're not going to mm-hmm. have guys running single file around the bottom the whole time. You're going to have guys up searching for, you know, where it's, it's smoother or not where they have more speed. Usually. I mean, you, you I, I, certainly well, have I'll put it to you this way. Every time. The, the last time I raced the Lakeview when it was super rough, mm. everybody stuck to the bottom. Nobody tried the high side. What was the high side? They, super rough? People, what I think, no, nah, it was too sandy. But uh, what I th- what I think is going on now is people saw that pass Jonathan Ward made the other week, right? And now they're like, okay, so maybe the outside is there. Let me go well, up yeah, there and try. Yeah. And it's not just late models; it's going down, trickling down through all the classes, right? Because there was two wide races in, in all the classes. I wasn't talking about just late models. No, I, I didn't I mean, mean I know to say saying, just late models. It even happens, you know, at Sumter whenever we have a a track that's not, you know, absolutely perfect. People start to search a little bit and it, it, it does provide better racing. You, of course that, you see it. Or it puts you in a tree. It could put you in a tree. <laughs> yeah, it could. Just remember it, the time can, it happened yeah. to me. <laughs> that was yeah. a whole <laughs> No, your, your issue was you couldn't see nothing. Uh, cause you thought that it'd be a good idea to follow right behind somebody in hot laps. Uh, that one time, which was a terrible idea. Huh? You don't remember that? Oh, you talking about? No, I'm talking about a complete different. Oh, we're talking different about night. A completely yeah. different night. Well, anyway, that, hey, it, same it was thing. the last. It was the. It was the last night uh, at Sumner in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was Blue Ridge race. I think. Oh, we didn't talk about that. We talked about this before. I'm not talking yeah. about that again because we screwed up on that one. There, uh, there <laughs> wasn't nobody. There wasn't nobody in front of me when that happened. I just moved up above the hole to search, and it slid. Swing. Yeah, so. <laughs> and Matt went for a ride, son. 
Oh, oh took a man. nap too. He did take a nap. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Oh my god! But no, I mean, yeah, that at the end of the, the whole conversation, don't yeah. bash your local racetrack. That's all me. That's all me and Matt. We we went on this thirty minute rant about we everything. Went there, we went there just to get here. <laughs> yes, we're back. Don't bash your local track. That's all I got to say. All right, moving on, Matt. Um, I do want to say that. I am so excited for the September break. You have no idea. I am almost as burnt out on racing as I could be right now. Well, from a from a, a worker standpoint, from a yeah, like from yeah. a behind the scenes standpoint of dealing with people talking trash to dealing you'd with rather, you'd rather pissed go off race car drivers. Exactly. I'm so ready over this next month to get back with with the team that that I was with and. You know, travel with them and go to races and, and film some YouTube videos finally. So excited for this month off and excited for the winter as well. I know we plan to do a little bit of racing, hopefully during the winter, uh, into, you know, January, February, March of next year. Super ready to, you know, just be a part of the crew again and 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 get out of get out of the booth for a little while. Uh, although, of course, by that time I'm gonna be ready to get back in it uh for next year. Um as we've got some changes coming to something that are, that are going to be pretty good, and and I'm ready to get in that booth and and do my thing once again, and uh, hopefully maybe uh, even do some more work uh, here in the the near future. And another thing that I'm having a lot of fun with here, Matt, um, just confirmed it: two new series coming to uh, TDTV. Uh, well, technically it's one series, but but two different uh, two different branches of the series uh, right. through the month of September. Um, Taking the place of uh, the now ended uh, Soar series uh, will be the the Dob uh, 360 Sprint cars, and then mm-hmm. starting in the middle of September uh, through just about the end of the year will be Thursday nights uh, with their 410 series. So of uh, it's just four shows during September, but then on Thursday nights we'll we'll pick them up for for their other series. So you'll hear uh, Matt and I. On the call for uh, for Dob over on the uh, on the on the TDTV YouTube channel and possibly the Facebook as well. So that's a, that's some breaking news that I just finally uh, got confirmed here, Matt. But um, not on the TDP, but on the TDTV. That's right, the TDTV, <laughs> not the baby. triple, not the and, triple C. <laughs> and speaking TDP. of uh, speaking of sore, Matt, uh, interesting uh, race to finish their season there, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't even know if what did they ever figure out. You know what happened with Elliot? Uh, I didn't. Did see... they did they dock him the win or? I think so, but I didn't see like an official result there. But uh, yeah. for those of you who don't know, they have a serious rule that you're not allowed to change your uh, line on a double file restart before you cross the start finish line. And I guess what happened is Elliot uh, started on the pole uh, or started on the point of a restart. And uh, may have moved high before he crossed the start finish line, so he was worried about that in his interview. And I believe that, um, unfortunately for him, in the end, he was docked a position or two, uh, and was not the winner at Bristol for the final sore race of the season. But uh, Porsche champion was uh, Thomas Frisch. He ran a great season, three wins in total in the season, and he wins it by about a hundred points. So uh, big congrats to Thomas on that one. His first season uh-huh. before uh, Hacker. Is in here next season, with, and mm-hmm. Frisch comes back because 
I'd like to see a battle between them two because, I mean, he came in super late in the season, just absolutely finished up front every week. Yeah, Brian, uh, dude, Brian was, uh, Brian was great. I mean, um, I'd like to see a points battle they, between them two. Some other guys they brought in late were good as well. Um, and Chris Stomp. Yeah, Chris Stomp was good. tremendous, and there were there were uh, quite a few others who were, were just as good that came in late and, and gave Thomas a, a heck of a heck of a battle there towards the end of the season. But, yeah, it was super fun for Matt and I to kind of get our foot in the door. Uh, Did you ever talk to Thomas Engel? Thing. I did not talk to the tingle, no sir. Hey, I don't, I, I I don't know why him, he. I don't know why he did that. I texted him. I ain't gonna lie. I texted him while we were broadcasting on Facebook, and he uh-huh. he told me he said he wasn't feeling good. He had COVID. He didn't want to. Oh man! He said well, he just he hey, just watching admin. Prayers up for uh, prayers up for Tommy boy. I hope he's uh hope he gets to feeling better because again that's one of my uh one of my good buddies in this world. I hope Thomas gets to feeling better ASAP. So yeah, that that was sore for. For uh, this season, hopefully we should be back with them uh, next season. They got some cool stuff uh, coming down, coming down the pipe over these next couple of weeks. But again, uh, Dob on Tuesday through uh, the end of September, and then on Thursday nights uh, going forward uh, from there. Now, Matt, I guess before we get into our you know main topic of the of the um, of the show here tonight. Which is uh, Matt and I are going to reveal our top ten list of current dirt lane model drivers. I saw somebody post a list on Facebook that I just did not agree with, so I said, "Hey, Matt, we're going to do our top tens." So uh, we're going to do that at the end of the show. But before that, Matt, you want to go ahead and go over uh, uh, some results here from this past weekend? I sure can. Sure can. Um, All right. Well, we'll start with uh, if you got it pulled up here, we'll start with Lakeview. I do. So you had uh, Dustin Watkins. Taking the checkered flag in the 602 modified main event with Jonathan Hooks coming in second, Colt Beasley third, Case Daniels fourth. I believe he started in the back too, so good run for him. And uh, Joseph Zanoski coming home in fifth. Uh, then in street stocks, you had the eight of Cameron Norse the fourth taking the checker flag in that, that class, and then Daryl Moran in second, Cameron Holloway third, Banjo Duke fourth, and Terry Caples fifth. And then a couple of your Sumter natives, uh, you had Austin Radonis finish seventh. Right. He, um, he he was battling real bad with his uh, nose digging in the track. So. Um, And Dalton Dabbs finished ninth. Robbie Mooneyham finished tenth. Um... Yeah, runs for all the Sutter boys. You had yeah, what three in the top good. five there? You had yeah, what Cameron Banjo and and then little Terry. So I mean, good run and good and runs all around. Banjo was searching that whole race, and then everybody behind him started following him. He, I mean, the line he was running was fast, right? Not quite enough to get around Cameron, but right. And then yeah. I mean, he he did tell me that he you know missed it in qualifying with yeah with the setup and all so. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, all those guys and and including David uh, have in store for this weekend because remember three thousand dollars on the line, uh, a lot of money there for some street stock. So I'm I'm excited for that one. Yeah, and then your powder puff main event saw Hanya Jordan winning with Lindsey Richardson finishing second, Natalie uh, Nobles finishing third, Charlie Vaughn finishing fourth, and Lisa Kemper what coming fifth. Charlie, Charlie Vaughn. Charlie raced. Yeah, forty four. I didn't. What? Powder I puff. didn't. 
Why did I not know this? Shout out to Miss Miss Charlie Vaughn. I did not know that she drove a race car this past weekend. So congrats to her. All right, and then we move over to the front wheel drive that had Derek Kemper winning, Jason Brown second, Colin Brown third, Andrew Rabin fourth, Kyle Jinks fifth. Um, Eugene Vaughn raced as well. He finished seventh. Dalton Hodge scored with eighth. Um, A little bit of controversy there. Not didn't see exactly what happened. Uh, We were trying to get uh, Johnny's car fixed up enough to where we could load it up. Um, But what I was, I talked to him and asked him what happened, and. He said he wasn't sure. He some people had told him something, but he he didn't want to make any accusations on what happened, uh, because he he was quite unsure. But you know, hate hate to see that happen. But coming home in eighth position, right? And then what else do we Excuse have me. over there, man? I know there was uh, stock stock V eight more controversy, big controversy yes. in this one. So was this the, was this the three? Was this the big money race for them? No, that is this weekend. I okay, thought it was okay. last weekend too, but it is this coming weekend. So your official results is uh, Rocky Gasquin winning, Blaze Bryant coming home in second, Jaden Lockler third, Ed Mason fourth, Scott Lewis fifth. Now, if you were there, you saw Charlie Nicholson winning, taking the checkered flag. So post race. Uh, there was some claims being thrown up. There was a claim wanting to be taken on his motor. But from what I'm hearing is people trying to make the claim didn't have all the money there uh, at that point, And they couldn't go out in, you know, in, in enough time to get the rest of the money because there was a race going on. Right. Um, and Charlie told him that he was not going to sell the motor. But while that was going on, another claim had been made on his uh, shocks. Now, uh-huh. stock V8 rules at Lakeview, there can only be one claim per night. Oh. So, and, and you know, Mr. Tim Clements came, went on uh, the uh talk show on Monday night on Eagle 92.9 hosted by Danny Lockamy and you know apologize for the wrong call they made um which I do appreciate them you know coming out and apologizing about it you know everybody's human right people make mistakes um so technically shouldn't have been disqualified but I I don't know I don't know the whole situation really that's that I feel like I know you know enough but I, I don't know if there's any more to it or not. So that's all I know about that. Well, we'll see if uh, Chucky shows up to race again this weekend. I'm assuming he will. So, well, see, here's the thing: if you get disqualified, they, they waived it. They already waived it. They already waived it. Okay. They already waived well, it. Yeah, he can. They race. were talking about, you know, because that, that is a normal rule: is you cannot race the next week after denying a claim but they said something about they they might not hold that rule for a big race that's just for you know smaller races right so i don't know 
Yeah, Anyways. I saw a uh, a track official, uh, an official from the track that uh, said that that it, that that fine had been waived and Chucky can race. Okay, all right. So, what else do we have, Matt? Last class we got is late models. So they didn't run modifieds last weekend. Yeah, I already went over modifieds. Oh, I, I must have not been listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Justin Watkins won. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I went over that. Um, so obviously you had Dustin Mitchell winning, uh, Tyler Bear coming home in second, Christian Thomas coming home in third, Derek Quaid. Now you weren't seeing double. There were two Mason Price number eight cars out there, yep. but the AQ was driven by Derek Quaid. Now that, that is very, in my opinion, very impressive, you know, with, with Mason Price. I mean, that's the second time he's loaned out you know, one of his backups. I mean, and those backups aren't cheap. No, they are and accidents not. do happen. So, I mean, that is, that is pretty impressive that, you know, he cares enough about the sport that he doesn't mind letting somebody borrow, you know, an entire car. And pretty impressive that, uh, that Derek had a dang good run in it too. I, I told you Derek Quaid is always good at, at Lakeview. Uh, last year, anywhere now. I think he finished third last year at this yep. race. Um, and then uh, Michael Rouse coming home in fifth. You know what? I'm going to just go ahead and go through it all. Um, sixth was Sean Harrell. Seventh was Michael Batten. Colby Jenner at eighth. Mason Price ninth. Brian Strickland tenth. Derek Rankin eleventh. Michael Marlowe twelfth. Uh, Cody Wright, 13th. Lance Brasington, 14th. Robbie Emery, 15th. Willie Milliken, 16th. Johnny Pridgen, 17th. Sean Andrews, 18th. Dan Brewer, 19th. Daniel Tucker, 20th. Daniel Adam, 21st. Matt Long, 22nd. Woody Cromarty, 23rd. And Chris Blackwell, uh, in 24th. What happened to, uh, what happened to Daniel Tucker? Um, I'm not sure what happened to him. Some something. What, normally, Daniel is lights yeah. out quick at Lakeview. And, yeah, uh, I don't, obviously I don't know we what know was going on with him. With that finish, he didn't finish the race, obviously, because you know Johnny and, and Willie didn't finish either, and they were scored above him. Now, I guess let's talk about this. Uh, what happened there between you know Willie? Uh, that we saw the flip. It was all over Facebook. Yeah. What uh, what what happened there? Did you did you catch a good look at it? So, I was standing in turn one, but I have, I've seen a video from the stand's perspective, and I have a video that was taken from the infield off of his trailer. Right. Um, I, I've watched those videos a lot uh-huh. and looked at them. You know, Willie comes off of turn four. He gets about, he gets... On the straightaway, he's off the corner, and he slows down, and he slows down fast. Now Johnny was right on Brian Strickland's tail, and I will, I want to, I want to say this: he had a phenomenal race going. He started in the back; he was up to twelfth. He he started twenty fourth. Who's he that? Willie? Up, no, Johnny. Oh, okay. He got in through provisional, and Oof. so he rolled off twenty fourth, and he was up to twelfth. His car was not handling in hot laps, qualifying, or the heat race. We had everything but the car loaded up, 
and they came over there and told them, you know, hey, you got a provisional. So they decided to throw the kitchen sink at it and, you know, just try it. And it was whatever they did, it was working. I mean, it was working good. But so he was battling with uh, Brian Strickland. He was right on his tail. Um, Willie was way off the pace. And Johnny came up off the corner, got up beside the wall, and it you can see him hike the car up to try to turn it down, but it mm-hmm. looks like it just it was sliding straight, if that makes sense. Right. And there was such a big speed difference that happened in like a split second. Cause I mean, those late models at, at Lakeview are absolutely rolling now. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at the speeds of them coming off the corners, going into the corners. It was ridiculous. I asked my dad, I said, the dad, there ain't no way I look like I'm going that fast out there. He's like, no, you're not. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyways, <laughs> um, he hit him in the he hit Willie in the left rear. Willie's car bounced up. And when it bounced up. It, the back of the car rotated left, the nose turned to the wall, and then they made a little bit more contact. Um, not much, just enough to send the weight transfer over to roll Willie. Um, and then Cousin Johnny slid down the track, and you know, a couple more people got caught up. Right. It, it was really unfortunate. And when I saw, because I saw a car get upside down, and when I saw it was the one, I was like, ooh. It ain't good. Yeah, no, it ain't. But you know, and that this was Willie's first race back from his uh from his rib injury. Um and you know, luckily, uh he is okay. He walked right away from it and uh and he'll Yeah, they they hugged it out on the track. cousin Johnny felt so bad about that. He Right. It it eat him up. But um I think cousin Johnny's car is fine. It got all the front suspension, it got the Probably got the carburetor, um, uh, you know, got a couple other things, and and I now when you say got the carburetor, you mean like he hit the carburetor? I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if it got the carburetor, but that breather is flat. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but so one one thing I do want to say is I know we've been talking about respect track officials now they're just as much as we as drivers and crew members and you know spectators need to respect track officials i think it's also fair for track officials to respect correct everybody else right now when this wreck happened everybody knows you're not supposed to run out there but it was such a big pile up like there were hundreds of people that ran out there. Oh, wow. Not, well, hundreds of people. I, I'm exaggerating. There was a lot of people <laughs> that ran out there. Um, mm-hmm. There was a good bit of us that was there with Johnny. Now, there's a certain track official that, for some reason, has a problem with that crew and has set, said some words in the past that I'm not okay with. But, right. and, and I understand people aren't, allowed on the track if they're not an official but when once they the track officials started realizing that we were on the track you know spectators you know this certain track official came up to 
us, we were all standing around Johnny's car and trying to push it off of the other car Johnny was hooked to. Uh-huh. And he made a comment, something about, I don't care how much money y'all have, y'all need to get off the track. And nobody said anything about money to him. And then just continued to do what he was doing, not telling anybody else. Right. It, it got under my skin. I ain't going to lie. And then there was another situation with another track official. We were um standing around the tech shed and not the tech shed, but like their little tech area. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to say any what class it was or anything uh, because there is a lot of classes that top three have to go there regardless. So uh-huh. um, I was standing there and the rule is it's supposed to be either the driver and one other person or two crew members in, right. in her car. So the, this uh, one team had about five crew members at one point in, in the roped in area, okay. which is against the rules. Yes. And another team had just got fussed at, having three people in there right so the person that was standing in front of me was trying to tell this track or ask the track official said hey man i thought you said there was could only be two people in there (laughs) before he could get the sentence finished track officials started yelling at him no 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 two drivers or two two people two people and he could i told the guy i said said man don't even try that guy's going he you ain't gonna be able to get your point across him he got on me for trying to help push a car out the way the other week. Dang. So, I mean, you know, it, it goes both ways. It does. You, you're, you're exactly right. But, um, yeah, we're, we're starting to run out of, out of some time here. So let's jump and do a couple more, uh, tracks before we get into the, uh, the, the main meat of the matter. here. I told you, I told you I was going to have big reports this week. <laughs> you did. He did. You, you sat down with your pen and paper started right. And I appreciate it. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Lancaster before, uh, yeah, before they before their night uh, got ruined. Uh, they had Renegade Race a main event, ten laps. Brandy Baker uh, wins that one over Jason Gulledge and Timbo in the top three. Let's see what else we got here. Your pre- your pure stocks ran a main event that saw uh, Pebo Johnson beat out Jason Tolbert and uh, Benji Knight to the line. There, that was your top three out of, I believe, fourteen cars to take to the green flag. Uh, vintage main event, Sean Mangum in the 71 uh, beats out Chris Fincher and Johnny Starkey. Lightning Lake Models ran next with uh, Timbo Mangum finding Victor Lane over Andrew Baker and uh, Kevin Godwin, your top three in that one. And then two more races were able to run. Thunder Bombers were won by Benji Knight over Isaiah Parker and uh, Jonathan Henson, your top three. And to round it out, Great sportsman saw Bryson Sweat take a victory over Ronnie Plyler and Avery Baker. Um, and that one was cut short due to what happened out in the parking lot. So that brought it into their night. One more track to talk about here, of course, Sumter Speedway for our uh, final points race of the year. Also had the visiting uh, Mideast and Southeastern Thunder, uh, what are they, uh, Modifieds uh, in the house as well. So your uh, your top five from the modifieds. We'll start with that one. Oh, Donovan Action Jackson finds victory lane in the number ninety three. Uh, JJ Reich finishes second in the twelve car. Case Daniels finishes third in the seventeen. Then it was Brandon Bentley and Greg Brown rounding out the top five out of I believe fourteen cars 
to uh, start the main event. Street Stocks had a pretty solid race that saw uh, Andrew Stone beat out 12 other competitors, including Drew, she Drew Sheely and Woody Newman, uh, which was your top three. Uh, hold on, your... hold on, hold on. What's that? I I'm sorry. I had to get up and get a bottle of water real quick. What, what track are you talking about? Talking about Sumter. Saturday night. Yeah. You said Case Daniels was there. Yeah. He was at Lakeview. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He finished fourth. Uh -huh. Uh, well, he definitely finished third at Sumter in the number 17. <laughs> he definitely finished fourth at Lakeview. No, he <laughs> go, did not. Go to their Facebook. Go to their Facebook. Well, we must have a, another Case Daniels because our payout sheet says Case Daniels in 17. The results third. at Lakeview said Case Daniel finishing fourth. I mean, oh. I know he's got, I know he's got multiple cars and it could have been someone else driving at either track. Well, then it was definitely somebody driving at, uh, at Lakeview because I, I don't figure I literally saw Case like face to face, like looked him in his eyes. Yeah, eye. fourth place, Case Daniels. Uh, third place is something. Case that. Ooh, this is a conspiracy. <laughs> this is a conspiracy, man. Oh my god, where was Case Daniels at this past weekend? Right, we got to know now. Case, reach out to me because uh, either you got a doppelganger or we got some bullcrap going on. Uh, something, something ain't right. And, and I, as I was scrolling down to look back at those results, I saw the trophy for the stock V8 race, or I think it's for the stock V8 no, it's race. street stock race, the one with the police for car the street stock. Yes, that yeah. trophy is absolutely yeah. sick. I, I, I kind of to the bone, yeah, bro. That one's sick. It's so I'm good. Cool yeah, shout out to, uh, I think Brandon made it actually uh, from Full Throttle Racing Photography. Yeah. All right, um, so you just got done with street stocks. Right, and we'll, get, <laughs> we'll transition to the other street class, the Super Streets, where uh, Drew Sheely found victory lane over Tony Truitt and Matthew Hodge. And Matt, again, this goes back to our conversation earlier. You had a street stock beating two Super Street cars. So, you know, something's got to, something's got to give in that aspect. Um, one of the weirder events that happened in the night was in your late model main event. Uh, Justin Mintz goes to victory lane over Jordan Yon and William Russell, but the, the big story in this one is Jason Hodge in the number eight machine had a, uh, had a top five run going, and then I'm not sure what happened. I was turning around looking the other way, and all of a sudden I heard screaming and all kinds of, all, all kinds of gunk uh, coming from out of my, out of my ears. And um, Jason had, I don't know if he, I don't know if he broke a, uh, must have broke a tie rod or something. I don't know what it was, but the car had taken a right turn down the front straightaway, driven up the wall at Sumter, and he took out the uh, the light post that holds um, the the caution light in turn one. Just about broken in half. The caution light's broken. Uh, the bottom of it was like clipped off. Jason's car looks like a. a, a you ever took a, a Coke can, you pour all the Coca-Cola out of it, and then crush it? Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of what Jason's car looked like. So really mm -hmm. unfortunate for him. Yeah, scary, scary incident. Bad. Yeah, dude. It, I'm going to tell was, you what. That, that's where I wish I had a dollar for every time I said that. Anyways, <laughs> um, it, it seems to me like that's where a lot of your really bad wrecks at right. something are from the flag stand to – Turn one, right? Yeah, it, and it's an easy place to have a, a scary one like that. Obviously, oh, yeah. if you have it happen down the backstretch, you're just going to go off. But there's that wall over in turn one, 
and you're carrying also so much trees steam off going the in. Right away. There, there are, yes, <laughs> come into play before, but the um, I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing there is, you have that uh, that weird, you know, protrusion of the wall where it, you know, yeah. goes from, from out to in, and you know, if it was all the way around, it, it'd be fine. But that that and, weird part of the wall is what causes a lot of this mayhem. One thing you don't get a grasp of as a spectator is how absolutely quick that wall comes up right. coming out of four. That dude, that wall comes up so fast. You are I remember absolutely right. until like last year, I was scared to get close to it. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'd, I'd pinch it off a of four. We got, a, we got a lot of young guys that, that still do that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's something you got to get used to once. And once you start learning your car control, then you can kind of like drift up there close. I, you know, so. Right. Well, let's move on here. Thunder Bombers, John Harper Livingston uh, wins over LJ Sonneman and Tyler Smith. Um, over in the Econo 4 division, Kendall Boatwright gets career win number one over Joey Green and Walter Johnson. Your top three, Kale Deese, picks up the win in extreme forward. Joseph Thompson second. Alan Ridgway rounds out the top three in third. And let's see, one last class from something will be modified for Jack Jordan to victory lane over Pete Brew and Ken Appleton. Your Pete top Brew. three. Yeah, Pete, old Pistol Pete, baby. Man, uh, I remember Pete. back in the day at Lakeview, I'd call him the Brew to, Crew. Uh, the, yeah, the, we, call, we still call him that. The Brew Crew was in the house. Uh, Greg, yeah. Greg was racing hey. alongside Pete. Greg had some bad luck at the start, so he, he I remember didn't, they, uh, didn't get to finish. They had, they had I don't do they still run the Toyotas? They do. Or are they in the Mustang? They're in the t- still Toyotas? Okay. They're still in Toyotas, and they make some so, dang good racing engines for them, too. Oh, man. They, at Lakeview back in the day, ain't nobody had nothing for them. And they Either still wouldn't if they come back or to Lakeview. Do, all three of them. Like, yeah. Nobody had anything for all three of them. They, they'd straight away everybody. Well, uh, about every week. Pistol Pete won the, uh, he won the last big money uh mod four race that we had at Sumter and uh just just now breaking some more news here on the program. He's got a chance to do it again. Is uh MMSA gonna be at Sumter Speedway for the first time in a long time. That'll come up next season. I saw I uh, got a message about that last night. So MMSA finally coming back to Sumter Speedway. But uh be yeah sweet. man the, those brew that brew crew, those guys bad fast. And not just on dirt. They're fast on no, asphalt yeah. too. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, those guys are fast about everywhere they go. And uh which I, I did an interview with uh speaking of guys that have been fast as something before. After the modified race, I went down and had a had a talk with uh a chat with uh, Donovan Jackson. Last time that we saw Donovan Jackson at Sumter Speedway was I believe uh, about 3 years ago when he was running the Carolina Mod Light Tour. Uh you you you've, you've obviously seen Mod Lights, but for people who haven't, they are about the same I don't know if that's is... the same guy. Because mm-hmm. the, the 93, he used to he used to race Super Street three years ago. No, this, he this raced is, Super Street for a guy. long time. No, it, it's 100% the same guy. 100% sure? the same guy. Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Because I know there was a guy, guy named Kevin Jackson. Life. No, no, this was Donovan Jackson. He won it something okay. a couple of years ago. Man, come on, man. I, I know, I know my stuff. So. I got this. No, he so. uh, he won a mile. Apparently, Case Daniels was at Sumter. <laughs> Case Daniels I'm was scared. in fact one hundred percent at Sumter. Um, so I don't uh, know. Who, I'm who, joking. I don't know who screwed up unless Case had a had a private airplane. He was riding back and forth. 
Which, uh, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them. But, oh, Banjo uh, was talking about, because they left early, they talk, They were talking about they could probably make the Super Street race at Sumter. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> well, you know what he couldn't do? He couldn't make the Super Street race at Sumter because we were about to be done. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, Donovan Jackson was there in a in a mod light uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, in fact, it was it was the same. It was a number ninety three and all. Or no, it was number twenty nine. I'm looking at it right now on his Facebook. It was twenty nine. Uh, it was a it was the same paint scheme as his uh, full size modified, but it was just you know tiny. So a mod light is a uh, mini mod. It, it, it it's a mini mod. It resembles it resembles uh it's like B or not B mod. It's like a big block mod sized, but with the same nah. body. Yeah. Nah. It's, 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 it's sharp no, it's a little mini lake model. It's a it's, little bit smaller, yeah. It's sharp mini lake. Gosh, I can't talk. It's sharp, sharp mini, mini lake models. Size, yeah, it is nowhere near the size. There, there's nowhere. They're nowhere near the size as big block modifieds. Yeah, I was thinking big blocks were a lot smaller than they were, but then I thought you might have been thinking head. of the slingshots. Mm, that's maybe. that's the the slingshots are the mini big block modifieds. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of then. But uh, every, yeah, every class has a mini except for street stocks. When are we going to do this? Uh, <laughs> it might be a new good idea. But anyways, um, they visited Sumter just one time and Donovan won that race and he, he went back to victory lane and I asked him about it. He was like, yeah, it played a factor, you know, having a little experience here over most of these other guys because you had guys that had never even sniffed the, the dirt at Sumter Speedway, you know, Tide Order and I believe Case had been there before. A couple of Jeff Robinson, I don't believe had ever been there. So, yeah, yeah, some really good racing with the Modifieds. I hope they're back in something quite a few times uh, next year. But, Matt, it's about time to close up the show. Before we do that, I challenged you and myself to come up with a a current list, your top ten drivers in late model racing. Now, this includes both Supers and Limiteds and Crate Racing. Compile them all together. You know, I've got my top ten, and, you know, one through – Probably five are in order. The rest of them, you can mix and match them wherever you want to put them. But uh, how you want to do this, Matt? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I'll let you go first. Right, uh, and my none of mine are in order. They're none all random. Order. Great. Okay, great. So my top five are in order. The rest, you can kind of pick and choose where you want them. Now, number one, right now in dirt late model racing. It's obvious. It's yeah, one of the most obvious. money. It is, it's Jonathan Davenport right now. And I'll go ahead and tell you, Matt, uh, to hurt some people's feelings out there that's probably listening to this, Kyle Larson, not in this top ten. Um, mm. Number two, Chris Madden. I don't care what yeah. you say. Chris yeah. Madden second is, most money. Yeah, it, well, A, he's got the second most money, and B, wherever he goes, he is a game changer. Can Always be. fast. Can be fast. And that right? rocket, just remember that rocket. Well, speaking of number three <laughs> on my list, Matt, Brandon Shepard. Of course. Of course. Brandon Shepard, number three, um, having a great season now running for Lucas Oil points. Um, not sure if he's still leading that one, but should be. Last time I checked, uh, Brandon Shepard having a tremendous season since uh, dipping out from World of Outlaws. Number four, Brandon Overton. Now, Overton would have been higher, but this year hasn't. Yeah. Quite been the same as his past two seasons. So I, I move Overton back to number four. Still had a great year. Picked up a couple of super wins not too long ago. So still not too shabby for Brandon Overton. Now number five. This is going to turn some heads. A lot of people aren't going to agree with this. 
But coming in at number five, he is great wherever he goes, is Mr. Chris Ferguson. I wholeheartedly believe that Chris Ferguson is a top five late model driver in the country right now, no matter what car he's in. Yeah, yeah. Is there no argument there? I was just betting a little, like only, a little back. No, no, not not really. I don't deny his talent. I just wish he'd race more. Right. He doesn't race enough. He, I don't know. Uh, if he raced more, I, I yeah, definitely I'd have Where's the thing? put he, him up there. But Everywhere he goes, he's great. You know, Bristol gets a win. Eldora gets yeah. a win this year. You know, uh, Port Royal last weekend did freaking fantastic. Um, Last time well, he went, I where got, were they at? Were they I got at? a guy Shreven in my top anymore? 10 that's got the, great. kind of the same situation, so I understand. Right. Okay, I, yeah, I understand that as I understand where you're coming from as well. Now we'll go back to number six. Remember six through ten, not exactly in order. I just kind of threw these names in there as I thought of them, and I do have I have a tie for tenth, so I'm going to name eleven drivers. Um, so coming in at sixth on my list is the man who won Lucas Oil last year, Mr. Tim McCready. Now Tim has won some races this year, but he if he had won more, if he was more consistent this season. He'd be, you know, further up in my top five, but I put McCready at six for right now. Number seven, this one you might not agree with at all. This one a lot of people won't agree with, but number seven on my list, top ten in the country, is Kid Quick, Zach Mitchell. Mm, okay. Absolutely lighting it up wherever he goes. Has the biggest chokehold that you'll ever see on Ultimate right now. Zach Mitchell is the real deal, and... I firmly believe that. Yeah. I, no yeah. argument? No. Oh. Hey, he's he's on a rail right now. He is, dude. I'm, I'm, I'd like to see him jump into World Outlaw Tour or Lucas Oil or XR. I would too, because now he's, he's got that he's got the Longhorn camp behind him, all that stuff. Zach Mitchell uh, is poised for a big jump in his career uh, very soon. Very, very soon, I hope. Uh, coming in at number eight, I've got... Dennis Herb Jr., who currently leads uh, World of Outlaws points, has had a tremendous bounce-back season. The one-man band um, yeah. is having a great year, so I'm going to stick Dennis Herb Jr. in the top ten. Coming in at number nine, another one you might not agree with, but he had a great start to the season and is trying to kind of you know regain some momentum now is Mike Marler. Uh, I absolutely love everything about Mike Marler's game. How he races, all that races clean with respect. He's one of the best on the track. So I have to put Mike Marler in my top 10 right now just because, you know, the consistent top three finishes, the wins that he's had, especially that huge win at uh, at the Gap earlier this year. Uh, I, I keep Mike Marler in my top 10 and uh, my tie for 10th, Matt. So I had to give some limited late model love here. I had to do it. Yeah. And I believe this man can run with anybody. At number 10, I've got Dustin Mitchell. I believe that if you put Dustin Mitchell in a nice supercar, he could run with absolutely anybody. I believe that Dustin Mitchell is one of well, the not best, necess- not the best, in a limited car as well. What? I mean, I think he he would be good with the super that that cork he has. I just don't think yeah, they got true. enough they got enough experience doing that. I mean, well, he went out there and yeah. was running up front in in the Dryden series a couple years ago. I remember I was racing at Modoc and they were racing there as well the Dryden series was right and he led the most of that race right 
Right. Dustin Mitchell is the uh, the first guy that's tied for 10th. The other one, having another good year, won Summer Nationals points, Bobby Pierce. Got to include him somehow. He's had a great year. Uh, may not be my favorite on the track, uh, but he's still or a darn good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's still a, a, a darn good. A darn good race car driver, so I got to give it up to Bobby Pierce. I'll tie him for uh, for Dustin with Dustin for for the top ten spot in my top ten. Matt, uh, so transition to you. Who we got? All I got is ten. Yeah, me too. All right. No, you had eleven. Is is a tie for ten? <laughs> so technically, 10. I, I have ten driver names. How okay. about that? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so for not well, obviously again not in order, but I got Chris Madden, number one. Oh. Not in order. Oh gosh, come on! Not in order. None of these in, are in we, order. We know. We know who number one is right now. Yeah, I mean, I even said that. Davenport's number one. Anyways, Chris Madden, Brandon Overton, Devin Moran. Good name. I like it. You might not agree, but Tyler Erb. Ah, uh, the finishes are there. I think, I think I'm biased, though, because I do like Tyler Herb. He is very entertaining to watch. Yeah, I like Tyler a lot. But it, here's the thing. He's really good early in long races, but the finishes yeah. just aren't there for me. So, and then I got Kyle Larson for the same reason. Uh, like, he doesn't, if he were to race more, he would be, you know, up there. Right. But he he can't. So it's kind of like the same thing with Chris Ferguson. Right. He doesn't race enough, but I that all right. So I will give you know all right. So you gave one extra. My one extra is going to be Chris Ferguson. Okay, I'll take it because I I didn't I didn't even think about him to be honest with you for some Thanks, reason. Huh? And Chris Ferg, don't get me wrong. Chris Ferguson's one of my favorite drivers. Right. So then I got T Mac. Yup. And obviously Davenport. Uh. Brandon Shepard, you kind of influenced me with Dustin Mitchell. So, and then yeah. I got Dalton Wilson. I mean, top ten right now. In my again, maybe a little biased, I, but kind of kind of the same kind of the same thing with Zach Mitchell though. If if and I ain't trying to discredit none of these none of these guys, but if Dalton Wilson pulled out a Lucas Oil and came and ran the Clash, the Ultimates, you know, stuff down here. He'd be doing the same thing Zach Mitchell's doing right now. Very possibly, yeah. Which I mean, and and Dalton's but, got all the tools. And, and behind the reason him, why, the, the reason why I put him over Zach Mitchell, Zach Mitchell's still staying pretty regional here, right? Dalton Wilson is going to tracks in states he's probably never been. I mean, and a, that a that weekend, that weekend at uh, yeah, that too. That weekend he um. Raced at Friendship in the 604s opening night. Right. The next night, he was in Ohio racing. Yes, he was. So, I mean, I, you know. Yeah, and and like I was just trying to say, you know, Dalton has all the tools behind him. Again, a, a top five. A top five at, a, at Port Royal for the finale of the, what is that, the Rumble by the River up there. Um, so, yeah, he had a, a great, great night. And speaking of, we'll go ahead and tell you who won that race at Port Royal. And that was, let's see if I can find it. There we go. Uh, Rumble by the River AMA. Oh, EPJ. How did I forget? 
Earl Pearson Jr. back to Lucas Oil Victory Lane over I'd like to see him over RTJ and Greg Satterley. You know how? Do you know how close I was to putting EPJ on my top ten list? There was a lot of drivers I wanted to put on this list, but they just didn't have the results this year. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot EP, of drivers. Even though EPJ has been a lot better since switching cars this year, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't find it in my in my head to put him in there. How about another driver getting their first big series win? Tanner English. Another guy yeah. that I contemplated, oh, yeah. contemplated putting yeah. him in my top list, uh, but Tanner English over Bobby Pearson, Shannon Babb, uh, Shannon Babb having another good season, Shane Clanton right there in the top five as well. So uh, a couple of yeah. uh, Shane that, Clanton making us he, out. He's another one that's good. up there too, in my opinion. Who, Shane or Shannon? Shane. Shane, yeah, Shane Clanton. Shane Clanton's good. He's dope, man. He's really, really good. But um, yeah, man, that's your top ten. That's my top ten. Any closing comments? Because we've gone I way over we, time here tonight. I think we have laid it all out on the table. <laughs> yes, everything's on the table. <laughs> hey, nearly, nearly thirty minutes extra, guys. Let us know um, in comments on Facebook, or even send uh, send in your comments to asktalkingdirt at gmail.com. Send in questions uh, for me and Matt to answer in future uh, future episodes. But let us know. Does our top ten list make sense? Let me know on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash talking dirt. You can and leave your top 10 list. Yeah. Leave us your top 10. Uh, we'd love to see that, but guys, remember, uh, go ahead and, uh, add this podcast, uh, to your, to your, uh, podcast feed. If, whether you're listening on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you may find your favorite podcast, go ahead and download these episodes, listen to them at work at, uh, in the car on the way to work on the way home. Uh, heck even sneak us in your ear at church. If you want to, I'm sure. The, the, the good Lord above would uh, appreciate you listening to. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> or no, listen to us while you're working on your racing car. Exactly. If you're working on your race cars, uh, we'd love to uh, know where you guys are listening to us. But uh, I guess this brings us to a close for tonight's episode. Uh, for my partner, Mr. Mapridge, and I've been Ryan Williams, and we will see you in the next one. Later.